Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Sustain, rescue, soothe, renew, and defend your skin with Blissoma. I found a skincare line that improves my complex skin challenges in a holistic way. Blissoma's toxin-free products, healthy ingredients, and ethical business practices make it easy for me to support them. After using their products, I found a new respect for the sacred relationship between plants and people. Blissoma is cutting-edge chemistry meets traditional herbal knowledge. Their commitment to use carefully sourced, premium, raw, organic botanical ingredients makes me feel good about pampering my skin. I partner with Blissoma to offer you 20% off of their products. Use the code BRUNCH, that's B-R-U-N-C-H, at checkout to lock in your discount. Check out Blissoma.com, that's B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A.com where the most radiant beauty is rooted in balance. Welcome back to the show. I am back and life is good. I'm smiles this week, crying last week, over the moon the week before that, crying the week before that. Anybody else, can you relate to this hodgepodge of emotions? And sometimes that's all in one day or even one hour. But life is good, y'all. Um, um, I made a tough choice and a tough decision to allow my daughter to go to school in person. I know that a lot of people on the fence, but I think there are a lot of people who are um, choosing what's right for their kid. And that's the most important thing, right? I'm here on standby should something happen and she needs to be back here. We got that system down pat too. But, you know, I think part of it, well, part of it, it's just that I have a kid who's going to school. Oh my gosh, it kind of freaked me out. So on the first day of school, um, I walked her, my husband and I got up early, of course, we took her to school. And as she's walking through the door and I had to say goodbye, y'all, I started crying like a baby. And I am so shocked because I always thought I would never cry. I'd be so excited. And I don't know if it was because of, I guess just watching her be a big girl in that way. She's been going to school all these years, but it was something different about going to this, you know, full-scale elementary with big kids and influences, you know, knowing that she was going to be bringing home ideas and terminology and things that may not be what we believe in or, or be what we're comfortable with, but she's going to be exposed to so much. So I think just knowing that a part of that innocence is going to be gone by the end of the school year just, it just did something to this lady, y'all. I just, it, just, it was just tough, but she's loving it. I celebrated my birthday last week. If you heard last week's episode, uh, I celebrated my 42nd trip around the sun, y'all. And I don't feel like I'm 42. I feel like I'm at least 31. Honestly, my body feels great. My body feels 29, you know, with the, with the exception of one toe that's trying to give me some issues. But that's just life, right? But it was amazing. Um, such a beautiful birthday in a time where, you know, we're just trying to make the best of and be excited 
My family and friends showed up. We had some really great experiences. My husband went above and beyond to make sure that I was, you know, appreciated. So for that, I'm thankful. We are, we wrapped up the We Build, We Win Challenge, you know, and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm full of lots of emotions behind that challenge because my thoughts and my intentions have been true and sincere. And I hope that if you're a listener of this show, you know that, that I truly believe that when we work together, we can do anything. So having a challenge that kind of highlighted that was important to me and having, I want to thank everybody who helped, who shared, who supported. Thank you for those who said they didn't, they could, and they didn't. I, I, you know, I'm sure you had, I hope you had a great reason why, but it's okay. What I do know that is that life happens and that sometimes things just don't work out the way you want them to. But I think what worked out is that the people who needed to support and, and see what we were doing saw it. They appreciated it. Uh, and that we educated some folks and we helped some people uh, move forward and we'll continue to do that. So thank you all for being a part of that challenge. You know, today's episode, we have Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott. Now, a lot of you might just know her as Nicole Garner-Scott uh, of the Garner Circle PR um, group and I might have just butchered that name Nicole forgive me (laughs) but she's a bad girl okay in a good way she is a PR aficionado who pretty much anybody who's from probably the last decade out of Atlanta she's repped them from Diddy's kids she's worked with she worked with the late great you know the late Kim Porter Um, she's worked with tons of celebrities and creating platforms and getting them in the press and really helping them. And now she's had so much success. She wants to help us as a community build our wealth and leave a legacy. She's a mom to a small child now. She's a Sora of mine. And she has created um, some financial literacy tools and courses and, and that resources that really are going to help us move to the next level as a people. So pay attention to today's show. This is a woman who is an expert in many things and who has a stellar reputation for bringing the heat, bringing the excellence, and making people rise to the occasion. So enjoy today's show. Y'all, there are so many women who I am so happy to know who have all these different talents, right? Like you probably know somebody who's really great at teaching. They are thriving. They Their kids reach all their test scores. But on the side, they got another business. And it's like, how are you good at so many things? Well, today's guest is one of those women, right? Like I always say, I'm a Jane of all trades, a, a, a master of none. But she's mastered some things. And finance is definitely one. And PR, you've heard of her. You've seen her. She rep- has represented pretty much all the big stars of, of color that we know, especially if you've been in Atlanta. I know you know who our guest is today. Help me welcome to the show Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott. She's a financial expert. You've seen her from TEDx to the White House. She's just that woman. She's the founder of the Garner Circle. Circle. I can't even talk today, y'all. I'm so excited to have her. And Amount Financial. Hey, Nicole. Hey, how are you? <laughs> you, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy uh, and good. How about you? I'm doing good. Doing yeah. good. It's, it's, 
I feel like it's catching up with a good friend right now. So right. This. <laughs> you know, it's so cool that yeah, I have to tell some backstory because I've known uh, Nicole for a few years now, and she was one of the people who originally believed in brunch and slay. She was one of the first people we featured on the site, thanks to Crystal. Shout out to Crystal in Atlanta. She interviewed mm-hmm. Nicole way back when, but maybe sixteen when we first started, probably our first year. I'm pretty sure, and she's been a supporter ever since. So thank you so much for that. It means yes, the world. I love seeing the girl. All right, so Nicole, I know that you wear two big hats and you are out here really helping educate, which is what I love. Like, I'm sure this started from people, a billion people emailing you, let's have coffee. Can I pick your brain? (laughs) You know, and then you realize that you got to dig deeper. So I'd love to know the who, the what, and the how, you know, you married and you kind of bridge the gap from PR to finance. Sure. Sure. So um, I definitely say that everything in my life, connects in some type of way like one chapter prepares me for the next chapter one business one business sets the tone and gives me the understanding to be able to blossom into the next business and if you look at everything that I've been attached to there's there's like an ongoing theme through it all and so um I'll just take you back through how I I got into the entrepreneurship space and then what brought me to where I am today so um I really started uh, my business, my PR business, my last year of college. But even before that, I feel like I was hit with the entrepreneur bug as a young child. Like when I was five years old, I was the the candy lady in the neighborhood and the lemonade stands and just always trying to figure out, you know, how to create my own from a very young age. So I, I definitely thank God that I had the opportunity to have parents that drove that ambition and that energy into the right direction um, and really helped me foster, you know, what entrepreneurship meant. Uh, but so my last year of college, I um, had a beautiful opportunity to, to work on an internship where um, the, the client, the project was working with Delta. And um, I was charged with helping to get young African-American boys interested in the world of aviation. And so we created this campaign where we targeted hundreds and hundreds of uh, boys across Atlanta and and got them the opportunity to get flown out to DC and experience the aviation Smithsonian and um, get a chance to meet with pilots and go into the the, um, tech centers and all these different things that Uh, just expose them at a very high level to a new career that maybe they might not have been interested in because you just really don't see a lot of black male pilots and you don't um, see how how people get into that space so it was a it was a very rewarding project and I just kind of threw myself into it and at the end of working that project the um, the agency was like hey we'll just hire you out you you're so passionate about this and you're clearly this is, means a lot to you, you know, we'll just become a client of yours. And that was how I started my PR agency. That, that was my first client um, from there. And so I, I still remember that that day and that time when they called and they were like, you know, we just need to onboard you, send us over your W-9 and your paperwork and we'll get into the, our system and you'll be ready to go. And I was like, great, no problem. The, you know, the Garden Circle was born. 
but I had to get online right after that and Google up like, what is an EIN? How do, <laughs> yeah. I set, how do I set this up? And you know, everything else. So I had to really start that company very quickly. Um, but I felt like I was already in the mindset and ready for it and uh, ready to go. Um, and that led me to my first uh, large celebrity client who's the late Kim Porter um, and her organization, Three Brown Girls. And um, that that took me to expanding and and stepping outside of fear very quickly because I had to do a lot of things. It was my first time booking someone on like MTV and VH1 and BET and, you know, you can't be nervous in those scenarios. So I had to really step up and dial up the confidence level very quickly, like on the job training, basically. Um, but through that and working with like just a lot of corporate brands that we work with and the movie houses and the television networks, over time, I met tons and tons and tons of entrepreneurs and um, really was hands on about the learnings, the, the failures I had and the wins that I had and, and, and sharing that. So I started doing a lot of business coaching and helping people. Um, but what I started to realize over time is that there was a lot of information missing in, in the business space as far as when it came to the financial side. And a lot of people I was missing, uh, that I was meeting with, they were, you know, explaining how they want to grow their companies and they want this to happen and that to happen and scale their businesses and, you know, make six figures. But all the financial prep to that would be all wrong. It's like you can't magically make your business boom if you're personal finances are just scattered and all over the place. And so, you know, it was, it was a lot of talks on understanding cash flow and really anticipating how much it's going to cost to really start a business, not, not just open the doors to the business, but if you don't get clients for the third, first three months, what is, what are you doing to prepare for that? And, um, you know, just understanding how to, understand their credit, their personal credit. You know, you, you can't get these master loans and all this business credit and you have like a 200 credit score or, you know, some of those different things. And so I started realizing no one was having a lot of these conversations, you know, and there was a lot of advice in the empowerment world that was being given out without it being given out in a holistic manner. Meaning like, I would have people sit down and say, Nicole, you know, everyone says, just do it. Just take the jump. Just go leap for entrepreneurship. And so I did it. I quit my job, you know, um, at whatever company I'm at. And now I'm in a space where I'm about to lose my house or now I'm in a space where I'm about to get evicted from our retail location. Um, and I would be like, well, what was your plan? What was, what was the plan? How did you sit down and figure all this out and plan these different things. What was your, what was your financial plan and your financial strategy? And, you know, a lot of people would look at me like, what do you mean? Like, I, I believed in myself. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's, that's a part of it. Right. You got to believe in yourself. Like that, that's definitely a part of it. But then you got to believe in, in doing things in excellence, like in the right way too. And so I, I was really blessed over the years to have some great financial mentors, you know, people who helped to get me to a space of understanding the game of money a lot more. I did not grow up with money conversations. Like we did not talk about money. I did not have a good relationship with money. I, I felt like money was 
was synonymous with lack. Um, mm. You know, mm. just just a lot of those different things. And when I when I got to college is when I started to get exposed. And that's something that's very big for me, especially in our communities, is exposure. And that's when I, I started, you know, going with some of my friends to their homes for, for spring break. And, um, you know, their families would sit around and talk about the family business planner and the family wealth manager and what our family business is going to do and, you know, uh, updating wheels and, you know, the family trust. It was just these conversations I was hearing. And I was like, I don't know what anyone, like, first off, right? <laughs> what are y'all talking about? Like, it, it, I mean, literally, like, leaving one of my friend's houses and just having to go Google some of the things that they were talking about. And it's, it started a, a fire inside of me, like, wait a minute, there is too much stuff I don't know that seemed to be how money is operating. And so from years back, I started diving into learning money a lot more, not necessarily, not even coming from it from an approach of, you know, just trying to hurry up and get rich. I was trying to understand how does, how does dynamics of money actually work? How does this flow? How are these people being successful um, and not hustling? all the time. Oh, yes. The worst word ever. Hustle. Yes. (laughs) Right. Because we could all figure out how to go get some money really quick. You can like that hustle. But what I was being exposed to was long term money and generational money. You know, like my friend, basically, as long as she finished college, she had a full high level job waiting for her. Her parents just gifted her that. Right. Like when we were uh, living in college and we were in her home, and so we were basically helping pay off her mortgage. I mean, her family set her up so right. brilliantly. And I said, well, you know, I was dealt a different hand of cards, but I can still change this narrative for myself. And I can definitely make sure that I can set it up for my family. So mm, yeah, that, you know, that started my interest in it. And through the years, um, I always took financial classes and and, and different things. And, and even as I progress into my coaching side, I've really started to take a lot of financial certifications so that I could properly be in the money coaching space. And um, I just really felt like my, my passion has always been communities of color, right? Making sure that um, I'm, I'm teaching in that space, I'm providing uh, an extra voice to those who need to get their message out. Um, I'm giving back in as many ways as I can and building as we climb. And so I felt like my PR side was great because I understood people's attention. And then I can mix that with the education piece of finance because finance is very boring for a lot of people. Like it, yeah. it's just across the board. It's, it's, it's boring or it's uh, triggering you know, mm-hmm. like it's mentally mm-hmm. triggering and it's because it, it just brings up, you know, embarrassment for a lot of people. It brings up like, I got to tell you what I really did with my money. I know I wasn't supposed to do that. And, you know, all those different things and or it brings up, you know, uh, soft spots for a lot of people because you you feel like you deserve so much more and this money you feel like shouldn't be a reflection of, of what you have accomplished or what you deserve, but it keeps you 
in a certain space because of how economics works. So it's just, it's just a heavy topic. And I feel like my PR side was able to help me figure out how to make the topics of money less taboo. Like let's, let's kick it. Let's do brunch and talk money. Let's, you know, let's be, let's have our girlfriend time and slip money into that. Like, you know, it, it, it should never be two women working at the same job one is getting paid $40,000 more than the other just because you guys didn't talk, Mm, you know, or it shouldn't be you living in the same neighborhood with someone else and you paid 60,000 more for your house just because you felt like you couldn't talk to the other person. Like, let's talk, girl, what did you pay for that house? How much did that cost? Like, without saying I'm not trying to be in your pockets or I'm not trying to be all in your wallet. No, yes, we need to be yeah. in each other's pockets. You're like, right. You're right. And I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's a couple, so many cool things I love from your website. I'm like, number one, you're making money talk sexy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the biggest thing is, and you said it most of the time when it comes to talking money, I don't think that people don't want to know is we don't know how to ask, mm-hmm. right? We don't know how to ask. And the triggers are so important because maybe you did have that one person in your family who did quote unquote make it and maybe a lot of times there's a lot of pressure when you are the one who probably makes more in the family, because guess what? You're the automatically the person everybody calls for a loan. You're automatically mm-hmm. that person. So that creates this tension. It creates uh, malice. Right. And, and mm-hmm. there's like all these ill feelings about money from those conversations. And if you're a child who grows up watching your parents borrow from friends or family, mm-hmm. the reaction and repercussions of that, Mm-hmm. And it makes it, it just, it's just such a tight walk culturally. And I don't mm-hmm. think we talk about that because it's, it's almost as, I mean, it's embedded in us, right? This love hate relationship. We love it. And I, like, this is why I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you seen black, uh, as AF? I would say it, but you know, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So one of the conversations, or maybe this is black as heck, all his shows kind of have these undertones in them where we talk about why as a culture, why people stunt, right? Why we get, first thing we do when we get a check, we go buy something or we want to be flashy or we want to show Peacock basically. And that's a cultural thing. That doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It's just something we have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're starting this conversation and that you really want to help women of color eliminate the poverty cycle. That just spoke to my spirit. Mm. I feel like you're doing God's work with that because that's something we are the head of the household. There's a Mm -hmm. ton of black women who are single moms. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they feel like they can't get ahead because they are a single mom, but those conversations have to be had of what are you doing with your income tax return? return, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're not telling the kids you can go on this trip. No, y'all can't go on a trip. We, we can't afford a trip. Like we need to, we need to make a road trip to San Antonio, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And I, I love that you are getting that conversation started and, and that you're putting it in a way that makes sense for people. So tell them a little bit about, you know, Amount Financial and the services and how you're helping people. Because I think making the, having the conversation to start it is the first step, but continuing it and making it easily digestible is like what you're, you're, you're winning at. So. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so just to reiterate our mission through Amount Financial is to really help women of color break the poverty cycle create breathing room in their houses and uh, really master long-term generational wealth assets. And so uh, three things I want to pull out from that. So one poverty cycle, a lot of people feel like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not in the 
in the space of poverty at all. I have made it. But if we really uh, analyze your net worth, do you have the money that can pass on from generation to generation, right? Do you have the money that if you were to stop getting paid from your fundamental stream of revenue that you wouldn't crash in the next two to three months? Like there's, there's this, this anomaly that's happening right now that makes a lot of us feel like we are doing great and we're doing, you know, we're darn near rich. And depending where you live, like if you live in Atlanta, uh, uh, Houston, uh, just where you see, you know, black people just bawling, yes. you, you start to feel like, okay, I'm a baller too. Like I'm, you know, you're, you're looking around, you're seeing it. You're like, we, we doing well, we're killing it. But there was a report that was just released uh, last year that talked about if financial trends continue the way that they are, that by 2053, the uh, median black family net worth will be zero dollars, mm. meaning that we don't we don't have ownership over a lot of the things that we have. We have more liabilities than we have assets. We have no money to carry us on past an emergency and we have no money to to transition down to the next generation so um so given that that knowledge it's like how do we break those cycles how do we you know get past that and it's it's really being intentional with with getting assets with with collecting those assets and alleviating a lot of the liabilities so you know, a, a lot of things that I do is just helping to change that mindset um, and then educating on the back end. You guys, we have come a long way since 2016 when we built our first website. And we, that was me. I was a one-woman show. I've always spoken we because I wanted to speak it into existence. And now I can actually say we because we have an amazing team of folks all around the world who work diligently to create content articles, experiences, podcasts that truly inspire you. We work really hard to make sure we have women on the show and on our site who are game changers and disruptors, who are out here operating in excellence, and folks who you can lean into for information and guidance and people who you can support. People who create products from idea to reality, who create events and experiences, excursions, who coach you to your greatness. And we did it all just for you. So if you haven't checked out brunchandslay.com in a while, I want you to head on over there and subscribe so that you will know everything that's happening in our world. But you know, as a culture, how do we make it more of a priority? Because I, I know this for sure. A lot of folks don't even have life insurance, where, which could be a, a substantial, I guess, springboard in a lot of families. If you were left a lump sum, then potentially you could finally will that into some property or whatever the case may be, because you might not, you might be in a situation where your parents will not be able to leave you a lump sum, right? But mm -hmm. at least a life insurance policy will kind of help us get ahead. Why is it as a culture, or just your opinion, do you feel that's never been a priority for us to have anything to leave on? It's always kind of been like start from scratch with every generation. I feel like that was so culturally we were operating out of survival for so long, right? Generations yeah. were just trying to survive. So there wasn't even enough knowledge dissemination to happen to know 
you know, how do you leave this on to the next generation? Now, there was plenty of land, not plenty, but there was land that was left. Um, but it, it, no one knew what, how that land turned into money. It's like, okay, right. so my grandmother left me her property, but that just means I got to go mow the lawn all the time and I got to pay extra money to keep it up. And it didn't, it didn't register uh, from a place of ownership for a lot of people. And so now what I feel like is good is good is that this generation and generations to follow now have a better understanding of what that does for your bottom line. Like how does that pass from generation to generation? How does that turn into wealth building? And in times like this, where there's so much going on in the economy, how, how those type of assets prove to be way more valuable than any cash amount that you could ever have, right? If, if you were to lose everything and you own land, you still have position and you still have, you know, value that you're able to use to, to, to build wealth for yourself. So, um, you know, I just don't think, I, I don't think, I think the land was passed down, but not the education to go with it. Like, what does that mean? And so lots of people let their grandparents' houses go. Lots of people, you know, for just not wanting to pay the taxes on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of people let land go because they just didn't want to be bothered with the upkeep of it because it, it comes with upkeep. And it's, it's different when you're a wealthy family, you, you hire out someone to go do the upkeep of that. When it, then if you're, you know, a very small family and you have your own things to worry about and it's like, uh, let me just get this other headache off of me, you know, with yeah. that. So, um, so now I feel like education-wise is, is being pushed a lot more um, and, and people are getting that a lot more and they're holding on to their grandparents' house. Or you just happen to be in a city where you're seeing mass gentrification. Mm -hmm. Like you're seeing, um, I'm just going to use Atlanta for an example again, but please feel free to drop in your, your city too. But you're seeing areas of Atlanta where you let your grandmother's house go for $4,000 cash buyout. And now when you drive back through the neighborhood, that you, that same house is on Zillow for yeah. $250,000. Oh yeah, so absolutely. You, you're seeing it smack in your face. Like my Lord, like if I, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I literally could have just did what I need to do with the house. And that would have been a $245,000 marginal, you know, yes. markup, but I let it go for 5,000 cause I didn't feel like being bothered. So because of the real time of it, I mean, generations ago, you wouldn't see that happen so quickly. It's like, you wouldn't see that house value until another 30, 40, 50 years out. Yeah. But because of, of the, the economy, how things are changing, the time and just mass gentrification happening, you could see someone literally get bought out of their house for eight, $9,000. And you could see it back on the market for, 50% times that within the same year. Oh know? yeah. Flipping has totally changed. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and not only that, a lot of times with the older homes and I, we've seen it a billion times, like you said, folks don't want to pay taxes or, or there's just sibling disputes on who gets what and who's going to pay the taxes. And I paid them last year and y'all gonna have to pay me back and all these different things. And people want, the thing is people don't want to commute anymore. They don't want to drive and spend two hours in the car to get home. They want to be close to everything and quality of life. So when you inherit these properties that are in the city, you need to hold on to them, you know? Uh, and there's so many different things you can do. And Airbnb has changed the game. No one should be giving away anything 
everything because you can rent those houses and they can pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's so many things. So what are some of the, the, like, let's talk about maybe two or three tips that you have and that you think that everybody should do, period. Like things you should be doing right now to secure generational wealth. So to, to secure generational wealth, one, having, having that talk with your family, right? So given when a lot of this stuff is happening in the economy, you don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Um, you know, we're just in a whole different mindset. I feel like everyone is starting to have those adult conversations, right? Now it's time to have those adult conversations, things that you felt like could wait till later. You have plenty of time to discuss or all those different things what's happening in the world right now is like a full reset and it's like we got to figure out how do we survive and thrive during these times so I think first and foremost really have an understanding of where your family is with everything talking to the grandparents in your family and saying hey do you own your home and like can we see that paperwork rather than you know after you know god forbid they leave this earth and you find out that they, they did, they refinanced or did a reversal loan or something like that. And they don't even own the home and mm-hmm. all this money is owed on it. And, you know, these are, these are things that people find out at funerals and these shouldn't be surprises. So having that talk, having the talk with your parents, like, do you foresee any large financial things that are going to happen in coming up in the near future? Like do you, you know, like there, I mean, generationally our parents and our parents' parents is secrets, right? And secrets. Oh, yeah. Secrets lead to bankruptcy for many families. Like if there's, if there's a big health issue that's going to come up and you don't have the proper insurance, let us get these things in order now. Let's not wait till after, you know, the medical bills are $1.7 million and we're trying to figure out what to do and open up GoFundMe accounts and, you know, all these different things. It's like, let's, let's be proactive, you know, while we're all kind of sitting down or slowing down, let's, let's have these talks. If you have, um, you know, young people in your family that are getting ready to go off to college, you, right now, you have time, sit down and fill out these scholarship applications, you know? I mean, there's, they always say, especially in, in our communities, scholarship money is, is underutilized by like 85%. It's 85% more funding that can go to people, but they're not filling out the applications. And yes, you might have to fill out 200 applications, right? But you'll get it done. It'll be just like being on social media. It'll be like making TikTok videos and uh, do <laughs> right. It, do it you can get creative. Bad. They encourage yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you can copy and paste and knock these scholarship letters out and just, you know, figure those things out. Like how can your family get together at, at during these times and put together that pot of money for emergencies, you know, and instead of it having to fall on the, the one person in the family that is well to do, um, you know, how do we put together a pot and have that, that family bank per se for those type of things? You know, it's just, it's just getting your, your family financial house in order. I think yes. is, is, is very key. And then to getting your own finances in order, making sure that, you do some estate planning, like you have your will in place, you have your um, information all in one area, you know, doing that with your parents too. It, it shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to even begin um, with trying to find important documents for your family and yeah. 
and all of that, making sure you you have all of that. You have your your passwords in one place and one area. It's just just being proactive in that in that realm. And you know, there was a there was a lot of lives lost in um, the pandemic, and I think probably eighty percent of those people felt like they had more time. Right. They have more course, time yeah. to get things together. They have more time to close out some things, update people on things. But that's just not how life works. You know, it, it's it's just, you know, it's outside of our control, per se. So you want to you want to love your family so much that you're not causing them stress when they're going through grief. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, having all your stuff together. So that'd be so number one is talking with your family, seeing where everybody stays. Two is having your own financial stuff in order. And then I would say three, figuring out what you want your, your financial journey to look like. You know, there's, um, there's, there's a book I was reading the other day that said, start with asking yourself, do you want to, do you just want to be cool at what you do? You want to be good at what you want to do? You want to be great at what you do? You want to be the best in your industry, or do you want to be the best in the world? All of those different journeys take a different level of commitment, a different level of, of outlining of what you're doing, uh, capacity, how you structure your life, all those different things. And so a lot of us just blurt out like, oh, yeah, I want to be the best in the world. But nothing we're doing on the back end is, is aligning to right. that. Walk so, the walk, y'all. Don't just yeah, talk the talk. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the basics. We know this stuff, right? We This is stuff we've been told over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? But we don't use it. I love that you said come together as a family to have a pool because th- things will happen. Mm-hmm. There will be something that happened. And if your family is so great that nothing happens, then maybe you just use it on a big family vacation one day. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I think that's a great thing to start. And I also would add to that, Y'all, it's nothing wrong with educating yourself. It's it's everything right with educating yourself. Like, yes. Nicole, go to sites like Nicole's where she has the Commonwealth membership and she has uh, the Make Space for Wealth book. Like, you can read, you can ask questions, you can DM. The great thing about social media is it's what you want it to be. So there's folks out there teaching courses, folks out there doing challenges and having these tough conversations. And the first thing is get our house in order. We got to yeah. start just, I think we should have a party, Nicole. Yeah, we should start a movement where we just say, let's have a challenge where everybody have that talk, get somebody there who can do basic wheels or get a template yeah. for your family. We're not we're not talking about going and paying uh, retainers. You can nope. get a template, help your granny out. Like, let's we need to start like a weekend movement where everybody how many wheels can we have done in our community by the Man, end? I of, love you know, that. That is like, I'm gonna hold you. I'm, a, yeah, I'm serious. Doing, okay? I'm serious because <laughs> I can't tell you, like, I've had conversations. My mom, I know where her stuff is. I make her for Anytime the policy change, you need to send me the policy. I need it. Anything can happen, right? I need mm-hmm. safe keys to safety deposit boxes because when you're in grief mode, just like Nicole was talking about, you don't, you shouldn't have to worry. It's just, hey, you're already sad. Let's just get it done. Let's just make sure these wishes are in order. Even write down your wishes. Like, if you know you want to be cremated and your cousin's going to fight it, then already have it in writing. <laughs> Because those things create turmoil and then families fall apart and we can't afford for our families to fall apart. We need to stay together. Yeah, man. I I just love that. I I am so passionate about us as a community coming together more. And it just makes my heart smile to see you. So putting your resources together and using your platform to educate us and to call us on it. Right. 
-hmm. you know, I, I think that's something that we don't like to do. We don't like to have those tough conversations. And I'm not talking about just black people. I'm talking about people in general. Like you said, all these people who passed away knew there was more time, right? We all mm -hmm. wake up thinking and go to bed thinking there's more time, but we aren't promised to wake up. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, for our children's sake, like now you're a mom now, right? You know, you're a mom and I know you want a legacy for your son. And I'm sure you have ideas of what that looks like. And you are so blessed to be exposed to have friends who probably made you level up, like to be around that. There's, if you can be around people like that and not want more, something's wrong. Right. When That's they have true. trust funds and they have folks, it's like you're seeing and you're, you're getting exposed to things that most people are in our, in our realm aren't exposed to. Mm -hmm. And by you taking it upon yourself to pass it on, you know, that speaks volumes. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about what your vision is and what you what, like, when you think about that dream, ideally, what would you like to see happen? Like in the next five years in our community and from the finance standpoint? Um, so one to eradicate that feeling of embarrassment, I feel like that is purposely put in place to, to hold many of us back. Um, so making people feel comfortable about talking about money. The, the conversation and the communication is going to do so much for us uh, by leaps and bounds. So doing that and just making it more common, making it more normal to speak about it, um, giving people opportunities for exposure. So, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like, oh, I'm doing well, I'm doing great. But it's, it's because you haven't been exposed to how many more levels uh, there are to, to the, to the world of money. And so I feel like that, and it's heavily guarded, right? It, and it's, and it's disseminated to certain demographics because they feel like that is who will, you know, value this. But I feel like our communities truly value a lot of these opportunities and, um, you know, just getting that exposure and those communications and then accountability, you know, making it more celebrated to, to be on on point with your money, like making making the talks more wealth positive. Um, you know, like if you paid off your house, like where do you get to go celebrate? Yeah. If you paid off your student loans, who's clapping for you? Like we, yes. we, we're clapping for everything else, but it's like, these are great things. Like, do you understand that because I have this pressure of, of, of wiping out my debt, I could be more present as a mother. Like I could, you know, like it mm -hmm. just, it trickles oh, yeah. into so many other areas of your life, you know? And people are like, well, money is not the, the end all be all, but I promise you it, it is energy. Money is energy yes. and that energy matriculates into other areas of your life. And so when you are in a good space financially, you're able to open up and, you know, be more present as a parent be more creative on your job, um, you know, tithe more at church, whatever it is that you want to show up more in and how you want to show up more is when you feel aligned and you have good peace around your finances. So, um, so yeah, just bringing that to the forefront. No, that's awesome. I would love to see my timeline flooded with people saying my credit score just went up a hundred points, you know, mm -hmm. or all those things that we don't talk about. We want to make it not as taboo. I'm not saying y'all let's be braggadocious. Let's just cheer each other on because exactly. you're not alone. You're not alone. We have student loans. We all, we all have things or have had areas in our life that we could have done something differently. 
whether that be, mm-hmm. I wish I hadn't sold that property I was left, uh, or I wish I had a known to just build a small house on that and make it super cute because it was in an ideal spot next to the, the, the football stadium, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, you're not alone and there's resources. So, you know, what's next for you, Nicole, and what's next for, for your movement? Sure, sure. So you mentioned that I have my book coming out this summer called Make Space for Wealth. Um, which really just talks about getting your life in order so that you can receive, keep, and grow the money that you desire to get. Um, so that's coming out this summer. Uh, of course, we have our membership, which is going strong. We're doing a lot in the virtual space. We were we had tons of events planned, but that's been pivoted to, you know, happening in the virtual space, which has been very strong. And um, you know, the community is just really growing, and it's a space where. It's, it's wealth, we call it our wealth squad, but it's wealth positive people. So you can go to amountfinancial.com backslash membership just to find out more about that. Um, and, and, you know, just continue to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep, keep uh, spreading the good gospel. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, and, you know, move it, move it those things along. So yeah, that's what's, What's coming no, down the pipe. That's awesome. So now where can people follow you and how can they support you from every angle? Because we didn't even dive in deep. Like the PR, we kind of grazed over. And I'm not discounting anything that, you know, Nicole has done because she's, it speaks volumes. But I want to know, you know, what's next? How we can, can we continue to support you from every angle? Um, yeah. So if you, for my personal website is NicoleGarnerScott.com. And that's where you can go to if you are interested in booking me to speak at an event or um, you know, using uh, our mentorship services or business coaching, etc. cetera. Um, and my personal on socials at Dr. Garner Scott, D-R-G-A-R-N-E-R Scott. And then for Amount Financial, the website's amountfinancial.com and um, across all social media platforms is at Amount, A-M-O-U-N-T, financial. Um, and then we have a really strong presence on LinkedIn too. Um, so would just throw that back into the mix as well to follow us in, in the LinkedIn space as well. Yes, she's got it all covered. So, man, now this Saturday, Nicole, you can brunch with anybody in the world, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? Um, right now, it's a it's a tie between Oprah and um, Michelle Obama. Maybe we could all get together. And yes, have you can have as girl. many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Oprah has she has this. Um, uh, meditation series right now yes. with uh with Deepak, Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. and it is oh it is so on point just just her talking about hope and not hope being this um unicorn magical thing but how hope is like a strong tool and using that and so you know I got questions like girl you you did that with this one and so you know sitting down with Oprah and then sitting down with Michelle because she understands the global politics happening right now. And, you know, there's just some things where I'm like, hey, this this is just really not making sense to me. And you have that inner insight as to why a lot of these things are transpiring. And so give me the tea. So it will be sitting down with the two of them and, and just having that moment. <laughs> The tighter your niche and the smaller your offer in terms of like just being really succinct, the better you can get at creating systems for 
delivering and improving that product or service. So you, so people think just, it's just about just offering and delivering the product. No, it's about getting better and constantly upgrading that experience every day. You should be spending your first few years in business always, but definitely your first few years in business are rapid cycles of improvement where you're constantly upgrading and making it better and making it better. Now, if you have 10 product lines to do that with, that's very difficult. You got one product line, you can do that. Yes. Now, as you're maneuvering and we are getting used to whatever our new normal will be, how can we, what vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey? Um, I think vibes and prayers is to, for me to continue living God's purpose, um, for me to help move our people as, as far and, and, and be accountable in that space. Um, and for me to have the resources to be a blessing, you know, nobody wants to, to obtain wealth, you know, and die with all that wealth. It's like, how do you utilize that to bless as many people as possible? That's, that's my, my, uh, structure anyway. So yeah, just, just in those spaces. Oh, that's awesome, man. I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you and catching up and thank you again for continuing to support Brunch and Slay. You know, we're cheering for you. I, uh, I cannot wait to see, we got to figure out this will challenge. We're going to have to, we're going to have to marinate on that and meditate because we got to figure out how to get this thing going. We got to help our people. This is so awesome. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for everything you're doing. Yeah. And if you enjoyed today's show as much as I enjoy learning about all the greatness that Dr. Garner Scott has created, then go ahead and share this episode and make sure you go over to the website because the tools and resources are there. It's user-friendly and you will thank me later. All right. So until next time, no matter what, I want you to remember that if she can, I can, we all can. This is Brunch and Slay.